Good morning, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, December 13, 2015. This year ID number for Friday, December 11th, is 8263. That's 8263. This morning, A Vision for You presents Step 10, Setting Right Any New Mistakes. The purpose of steps one through nine is a personal transformation leading to a spiritual awakening. The big book provides clear directions as to how you can experience a personality change sufficient to overcome compulsive overeating. The big book also gives us a very clear warning. If we do not keep in fit spiritual condition, we will relapse. Our mental obsession will return. We will become insane again. How do we keep in fit spiritual condition? Well, one part of that vital process includes Step 10. Joining us this morning to speak about Step 10 is Larry Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater from Illinois. Larry is dedicated to trudging our spiritual way of life to carrying the message of recovery through these 12 steps. And we're grateful to have him on the line this morning. Welcome, Larry. Good morning, Leah. Thanks so much. Can you hear me okay? Absolutely. Thanks. Okay. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, okay. So, you know, uh, this morning, you know, once we're recovered, you know, as Leah mentioned, from a hopeless condi- condition of mind and body, as the result of, you know, the first nine steps of this program of action, you know, we enter, as she mentioned, the maintenance steps uh, of uh, steps 10, 11, and 12. And, you know, so we know what we did to prepare for the program of action, you know, just to give a little context. We did the first three steps. Uh, we, we found out in the first step what our problem was. Um, we had the opportunity to, to diagnose ourselves. The big book uh, allowed me to do that. And we found out about the twofold nature of this disease, of course, uh, you know, the allergy of the body, the, the, uh, the insidious aspect of the obsession of the mind. In the second step, of course, we, you know, we found out what the solution was. Um, we had to access a power greater than ourselves. And we learned that all we needed to do was, was to be willing to believe nothing more was required to make our beginning. So steps one and two were information steps only. And step three, you know, by way of context, because I'd like to have this, this overall context. In step three, we made an, a, an affirmative declaration, you know, based on our understanding of the problem and, you know, and the solution. And we were ready to do, uh, hopefully, whatever it took to bring the solution to light. And then we dug in and, and, and we got down to work. You know, step four, we embarked on a, a fearless moral inventory. Uh, the main building blocks of the inventory was, was, of course, our resentments, fears, and harms done to others. We'll, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we, when we discuss uh, step 10. The key to the fourth step was, was being entirely honest, and, and, and we couldn't, of course, withhold any information. And then in the fifth step, uh, you know, we, we sit down with another human being and and uh, with our higher power, of course, and ourselves, and we give all that information up, and we illuminate every twist of character, every dark cranny of the path. And once that information has been cast out in the sixth step, you know, we become willing to have all these defects of character taken from us. And once we're willing to do that, in the seventh step, we add a prayer, 
uh, into our lives, uh, actually asking God to remove from us all these defects of character that we uh, admitted were objectionable. And that brought us to, you know, to the end of the, the you know, the, uh, the taking care of ourselves phase of the, of the step process. And we moved then, you know, uh, moved into dealing with others. You know, um, you know, I said steps, I've uh, heard it said, I should say, steps one, two, and three, get us right with God. Steps four through seven, got me right with myself. Eight and nine, got me right with you. And steps 10, 11, and 12, keep me right with God, with me, and with you. So in eight, we made a list of all those folks we had harmed. And in nine, we made proper amends to others. And that brings us to step 10, which I'll address this morning. You know, after step nine, you know, we become spiritually awake. I was awakened. And in 10, 11, and 12, we learn how to maintain and to grow what we've been given, which i.e. recovery. And if, if you're interested in following along, we're going we're gonna to find the major directives regarding step 10 on page 84 in the big book. And uh, starting with that, step 10 reads, continued to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Remember, accompanying each step is a, is a corresponding principle to guide us. And the, uh, the principle of step 10 is perseverance. I had to be able to persevere through this stuff. I had to cultivate a resiliency to persevere through this. I never stuck with anything. But in this case, when I get to step 10, somehow I'm still here. So that perseverance was something that was a principle I could live by. So in step 10, we're going to continue to take our personal inventory. And when we're wrong, promptly admit it. If we're going to continue to take personal inventory, you know, where did we originally take uh, our personal inventory? Step four, right? I mean, that's, that's where we, we had the opportunity to take that inventory. So you can, you can very much think of the 10 step as, as a daily fourth step, a, a mini fourth step, I've heard it said, on a daily basis. And in fact, in, in terms of steps 10, 11, and 12 being the maintenance and growth steps, the way it breaks down essentially is step 10 maintenance is four, five, six, and seven. Four, five, six, and seven is where we look to, to cleanse ourselves. And step 10 is where we maintenance and grow ourselves, examining our own behavior on a daily basis. Step 11 uh, maintenance is steps one, two, and three, because steps one, two, and three is where we began to open up a relationship with our higher power. And 11 is where we're going to maintain and grow our relationship with our higher power. And of course, you know, step 12 maintenance is steps eight, nine, because Eight, nine is where we open that, that beautiful channel with others. Step 12 is going to, you know, we're going to carry the message to our fellows and practice these principles in all our affairs with, with the world around us. So going back to step 10, we're taking care of four through seven on a daily basis. And if we miss the essential aspect of the program, I've learned that, you know, whatever daily reprieve I've been granted, I mean, Leah touched on this, you know, it may be compromised. We found that it may be compromised. I found that that was the case for me because I'm not following that, that recipe for maintaining my fit spiritual condition. So back to, to page 84, the, the second full paragraph, this thought brings us to step 10. Well, what thought are we talking about? Well, the thought that brings us to step 10 at the end of the, 
the step promises, it asks, are these extravagant promises? No, we, we don't think they are, really. We, we, as a matter of fact, we think not. These promises are being fulfilled among us. And, and who's us? Not the people in the fellowship. It's the people who have done the work. That's the us they're referring to. Because I, I went to meetings. I was certainly, uh, if you would have asked me, I would have told you, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a card-carrying member of this, uh, you know, this, uh, I, I have my membership card, and, uh, you know, but nonetheless, uh, nonetheless, this was a bit too extravagant for me. But these are not extravagant promises. For whom? Not for those of us who just attend meetings or have a good sponsor um, or perhaps an ironclad uh, food plan. You know, you, the people who have done the work in the book as it's laid out in the, what I found to be the first 164 pages, that is the program of recovery. Um, this is not meant to be shaming or, or, or punishing. Um, sometimes I felt it was when I would hear those things, but it's not meant, uh, it's meant really with uh, peace and love, peace and love. You know, remember, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop eating. So you're welcomed. If you have a desire to stop eating, you're, you're in the right place. Um, yes, yet, uh, you know, lest I fool myself, there are all sorts of other requirements if I want to get well and have the promises come true for me, all kinds of other things that I need to do. But if I just want to be a member, if I, as long as I have that desire to stop eating, that's enough. But uh, there's going to be a few other things that I'm going to need to do if I want to get well. So they say, now that you've got that thought squared in your mind, this thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory. We continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. You know, commenced, what does that mean? Well, commenced obviously means uh, to begin. We don't just commence. <laughs> In fact, we vigorously commence. So there, there's work to be done here. There, there's there's going to take some strenuous efforts. You know, if I, if I casually commence, I, I'm likely to lose uh, interest, lose some steam. And I have found, you may find differently, but I've found that I'll, I may be uh, knee-deep in the food again, as I typically was, because I was casually working this program. Vigorously commence this way of living. Vigorously commence. You know, this way of living is steps 10, 11, and 12. 10, 11, and 12 is where, where we live. So we're going to commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past, as we cleaned up the past. Notice it doesn't say after we cleaned up the past or or when we, were, we, we, when we were done cleaning up the past, as we cleaned up the past. Cleaning up the past uh, refers to step nine. You know, what, we're, what we've just been told is, as you're doing amends in step nine, you start 10, 11, and 12. So the idea that you're supposed to do all your nine-step amends before you make, you know, before you move uh, to 10, 11, and 12 is unequivocally wrong in my opinion and my experience. As soon as you begin your amends, you're being shuttled right into steps 10, 11, and 12. So for me, essentially, 9, 10, 11, and 12, to some extent, are all working, uh, all integrated together. Let's go back to page 84. It says, we've entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. You know, there it is. Our spiritual awakening has now taken place. This 
this personality change, you know, that may, that, that, that word is synonymous, vital transformational experience, spiritual awakening. It's taken place. We've now entered the world of the spirit. So the big book tells us, and I quote, our, our next function. Remember in, in the ninth step when it said our real purpose was to be of maximum service to God and to the people about us. So they're calling to mind the same thing. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. And that's what this is all about. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. So we, we, we have a lifetime to live in the steps. You have your lifetime to, to derive the depth of what these steps have to offer you. You know, I can tell you for me and my experience, um, you have your own experience, that uh, I have derived greater and greater depths. It's kind of like an archaeological dig. Um, greater depths of what these steps have, have had to offer me. So why not work them quickly and effectively? You know, get to the spiritual awakening. Get to that personality change. Then you have a lifetime to work out what the steps have to offer you. But it's not until you're spiritually awakened that the crisis is out of the way. And, and you know, the crisis, when we're living in the crisis of addiction on a daily basis, as I was, that, I'll tell you, that's about all that I can deal with. The idea, you know, the idea is not that you, you work all the steps and then all of life's problems are removed. Oh, no, no, no. No, that's, that's not what was promised to me. See, the idea is that, you know, I work the steps so that I can start to learn to deal with the problems. Because food, which was never my problem, food was my solution. Why was it my solution? because it numbed me out from having to work on much of anything other than the, you know, the bag of, uh, of, uh, of chips or, or whatever I had in front of me. If you're not having to deal with the crisis of addiction day in and day out, from minute to minute, hour to hour, you can actually begin to deal with other, the other stuff that, that's probably going on in your life. Because it's the, I'll tell you, it's the rare compulsive reader who arrives to these rooms where the only thing wrong with them is the effect their binge substance has on them. <laughs> you know, per, perhaps there are a few of you on the line, per, perhaps there are a few, but not too many in my experience. We, we have other things going on. I know I did. So now we get to our 10-step directions. Again, page 84, second full paragraph, picking up where we left off. Continue to watch for, you know, now we're, we're continue to watch for the 10 step directions. We need to watch for something. What is that something that we're going to be watching for? Well, there's four things actually, and it lays it out here selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. Continue to watch for these things, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. These are the core defects of character that, we've, that we're faced with. And what this means to me is that any way in which I'm being hurtful or, or I'm living inappropriately is going to fall into one or more of those four categories, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. It's another way of saying if you stay on watch for those four things, you're going to be on watch for just about anything. And notice the next four words. 
when these crop up, when these crop up. It doesn't say if these crop up or, or uh, you know, in case these crop up. You know, let's not delude ourselves. We're recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. I am not recovered from being human. <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck with that. I'm not going to rise above the status of a human being. So if you've got it in your mind, if you've got it in your mind that because you've moved, If you've got it in your mind that because you've moved into steps 10, 11, and 12 and recovered, that somehow you're done being selfish, dishonest, resentful, uh, fearful, wow, you know, you're going to be set up for, for, for probably a rather uncomfortable surprise. When these crop up, oh, they're going to crop up. And here's what you do. You do four specific things. The big book is very clear. Couldn't be more clear. You know, this is a four-step process here and in, 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 this, uh, in this step. And, and this is called doing a 10-step. Sometimes uh, you may hear people uh, use the term doing a 10-step turnaround uh, to deal with it when we're being selfish, dishonest, resentful, and fearful. The first thing we do is, and it says, we ask God at once to remove them. So we go straight to God, straight to prayer. Hopefully, we've been doing our, our third step declaration, and you know I was told to do the step, seven step prayer every day, and I do that. So we should know how to do, do this by now. We've had a, a bit of practice. This whole deal is practice, you know, some experience talking to our higher power. And notice, we go straight to God. It doesn't say uh, come straight to, uh, to our sponsor. In fact, I might suggest that a, that a good sponsor who's not operating on ego you know, when a sponsee who has gone through the steps calls them with what they perceive to be a problem, really the first proper thing to say is, did you pray? No, no, I, I didn't. Okay, tell you what, why don't you go ahead and pray and call me back? And why is that? Is the sponsor trying to be unkind? No. The idea is not to be unkind and to be, uh, you know, to, to, to lack compassion. But I certainly want to let my sponsees know I'm happy to provide you with counsel if I, if I have some, you know, based on my own experience, strength, and hope. But I definitely don't have better counsel than God does. I can tell you that. And now, see, the thing is, is you're directly connected to God now. So you probably should go to God. Your relationship to me was, was primarily so I could be the conduit to God's love while, while you, you know, you began this this cleansing process and, and become uh, unblocked and perhaps aligned with the higher power of your own understanding. You know, you've, you've had this sort of evolutionary personality change. And now that you've done that, you're directly connected to, to your higher power. So your first order of business is, is to go to God. The second order of business, and it says, we discuss them with someone immediately. So yes, you know, once you've gone to God, Talk to another human being. Don't, don't keep this, as a, uh, this uh, a secret. You know, that's how we used to live our lives. Maybe you're going to talk to your sponsor, maybe someone else in the fellowship, maybe your spouse, perhaps your neighbor. You know, whatever is appropriate, you're going to talk to somebody. And I try to choose this person wisely, you know, for me. Um, but I'm not, I'll tell you something, I'm not waiting until my sponsor returns from the Peace Corps. You know, I mean, 
I mean, you know, he or she, they're, they're, they're doing their deal, and uh, I, I don't have time to wait, you know, so I, I'm going to someone. The next thing we do is uh, we make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. Make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. So if the way in which you've been selfish, dishonest, resentful, or fearful, you know, hurts somebody, we go make an amend. And if you've already been through the nine step, you should know how to do that by now. And the nine step amends were, were not just to clean up your harms from the past. You're not, you know, I'm not done harming people. I, I, I probably do it less, I would say. Maybe you, you do it a bit less than you used to. But mainly, you will now know what to do when it happens. And then four, we resolutely turn our thoughts towards someone we can help. Love and tolerance is, is code numero uno for me. Um, we turn our minds towards being of use to others. Again, this is, this is called doing a 10-step. Here's an example, okay? So let me, let me break it out as an example. So let's say, uh, you know, my girlfriend and I were having a discussion, as people do, and, you know, we have some contrary opinions, and, and that particular discussion on, on this particular day, I don't know why, but it rises to something uh, of a debate, okay? It becomes a debate. And, and, and the debate starts to veer into something of an argument. <laughs> and uh, in that, both, you know, both of us start uh, getting heated up a bit. Perhaps we're, we're, you know, we may be triggering each other in some way. We're both starting to get louder. And perhaps we find ourselves on the verge of being mean, you know, taking shots at each other. And maybe at that point, she says, you know, hey, Larry, tell you what, why don't we just stop this discussion right now? It's, it's not going anywhere productive, so I, I'm going upstairs, at which time she marches off and leaves. Now, here's the thing. See, let's presume for a moment that uh, I have some, oh, I don't know, abandonment issues. And, you know, with those abandonment issues from my past, I, I don't particularly feel good when, when she uh, seemingly walks, uh, walks out on me. You know, perhaps it makes me feel anxious. And now I shift to that, that fight or flight mode. You know, which, which way do I go? Which way do I go? Okay, rather than flee in the midst of my fear and selfishness, I choose to fight. And in that fight mode, let's assume, you know, against my better judgment, I, I begin to select a few choice words for my girlfriend that, you know, that a gentleman wouldn't use. I, I, I channel my rapper in me, you know, and I, so if I'm, if I'm following these 10-step these instructions, what am I going to do here? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to sit down on the couch maybe or somewhere. I'm going to go directly to my higher power. God, you know, I'm, I'm full of rage. I'm just full of rage in this moment. I, I don't know what to do here. You know, I, I ask for you to remove this resentment and selfishness so that I can be of maximum service to you and to others. Thy will not mine be done. You know, I'm going to close my eyes for a minute, perhaps. I'm going to breathe. I've learned to pause, pray, and proceed. Most of the time. Most of the time. Pause, pray, and proceed. And next, I'm going to discuss this with someone else immediately. Now, I may call my sponsor or perhaps someone else in the fellowship. See, I need to get this out of my head, unmask the secret. That those, those things, remember, we, we, we used to push that stuff down and it would build up. Now, I'm not looking to commiserate with someone nor am I I'm looking for, you know, couples counseling here. You know, the person uh, may offer me an opinion or advice, and, and that's fine. That's fine. 
But, you know, so let's say I'm, I'm talking to Leah. And I'm not going to bother Leah, but hey, Leah, you know, I just had a fight with, Leah, you don't have to do anything right now, by the way. I'm, I'm having, I'm going to play your part too. Um, hey, Leah, I, I, I just had a fight with my girlfriend and I, I'm livid. I'm, I'm in the basement right now, you know, and, and I already took this to God. I'm feeling resentment. I'm feeling fear. I'm feeling selfishness. Uh, you know, another selfish sandwich, you know, right here. And, um, and then Leah says, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you go tell her you love her and you're a big dope? Because that's probably what Leah would say. <clears throat> I don't know. But, well, you know, Leah, I, you know, I, I came here and, and, and she said X and I said Y. And, and, I, and it was like, you know, how can you say Y? And, yeah, yeah go, go upstairs, put your arms around her and tell her you love her. Yeah, Leah, see, so you're not listening to me. See, I'm, I'm trying to tell you about the correlation between X and Y. No, 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 you're not listening to me. Now, she might take me through, you know, column three, you know, what part of me is being affected, you know, ask me if I, you know, if I, if I did the resentment prayer, you know, we, we may take a look at, you know, column four or kind of looking at, you know, my, my own core defects in this scenario. We may do that with someone I'm talking to, you know, go upstairs and tell her you love her, you know, ask yourself, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish in this relationship? You know. You know, what's your goal? Is it to love her the best you can or is it to be right, to win? Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Because you can't be both. You know, see, you may have different types of discussions with people. Wow, you know, that's useful. Now, now that I've talked to God and another human being, I'm not angry anymore. And I can put my arms around my girlfriend. I can tell her I love her. Uh, you know, make amends. You know, send Leia, you know, a personal check in, in the usual exorbitant amount that she charges. Move on to help someone else, you know. So I go to my girlfriend. You know, when, when, when you said X, I, I got a little defensive. And I, and I probably shouldn't have reacted that way. You know, it wasn't fair. And I, and I don't think I gave you room to speak when you were trying to explain X. You know, and chances are I, I, I may have opened up some room for her to do the same. Maybe. So I've talked to God. I've talked to another human being. I've made the amends that I, that I need to make. And now I'm going to resolutely turn my thoughts to someone else I can help. And, you know, this, this may, might be picking up a, a piece of, of garbage that isn't mine. I might, I might take my daughter's laundry from the dryer and fold it. Uh, I might call, you know, my 96-year-old aunt to see how she's doing. I might, you know, call someone who's ill. You see... I'm in a mindset to do service when service shows up. And guess what? It always shows up. It always shows up. And that's the 10th step. So the first spiritual direction we get to maintain and grow is to do regular 10 steps. Not necessarily daily, although, you know, for many people it is daily. And I, I've often needed to do them daily over a period of time. And with years of recovery, uh, you know, I don't think I've ever gone more than a, a couple of days without doing a 10-step of some kind. And if I have a sponsee who hasn't done a 10-step in weeks, I, I, I might question what's going on here. Because if, you're, if you've gone weeks without feeling selfish, dishonest, resentful, and fearful, uh, you know, beyond being an alien, you know, you, you're probably, you probably should be sponsoring me. <laughs> so, you know, regular 10-steps, that's our first uh, spiritual directive. That's our first spiritual directive. So let me, 
let me sort of you know bring this to conclusion here and sort of wrap up by sharing my experience with uh, with ten steps. You know, in the AA twelve and twelve, it states the that uh, the emphasis on a daily inventory is heavy only because a great many of us have never really acquired the habit of accurate self-appraisal. You know, once the, 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 the healthy practice has been grooved, it'll be so interesting and profitable that the time it takes won't be missed. Every time we're disturbed, I need to remember that no matter what the cause, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. So I want to, um, I want to end uh, this discussion, and we can open it up to, uh, to questions and answers by reading the, uh, the 10-step promises here at the bottom of page uh, 84 and into 85. It says, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, for by this time sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That's the miracle of it. We're not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. So I wanna, I wanna just end by saying um, that, you know, for me, the, uh, the 10th step, it's interesting. You know, when I, when I was working the steps early in program, the first five years uh, that I came to program years ago, and I, I was doing this, you know, doing this deal, and I thought I was, you know, I was working mostly tools, and uh, I was a chronic relapser, um, although I never found myself, uh, you know, in the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot by accident, I can tell you that. Um, you know, um, and the food, amazingly enough, the food never, ever jumped off the shelf and, and down my gullet, you know. I mean, it, uh, I always uh, picked it up, and I wasn't willing to pay that price of uncomfortability. Um, until the disease beat me down into a state of reasonableness. But here's the thing, tying it back to step 10 for me. See, once I was willing to work these steps in sequence uh, and, and put my heroin down, you know, my substance down 100% and get honest, and I had the willingness to go to any lengths, and I had a personality change, I had a spiritual awakening uh, sufficient to arrest this disease, that... Um, you know, and that and, and that that obsession of the mind was a lift, was lifted. It was eradicated, and now I, I I live in steps ten, eleven, and twelve to the best of my ability. Um, you know, step ten for me then became you know it was like all of a sudden my memory kind of clicked on, where I could remember to do these things. That groove, that uh, I would suggest, and you know that neural pathway in my brain was grooved. That if you could see in my brain, it just kind of instinctively, intuitively knew to go to these instructions and do these four specific things, you know, taking a look throughout the day. I don't wait till the end of the day. Throughout the day, I look for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And when they crop up, as they will and as they do, you know, um, I follow those, 
those four directives each day. And uh, then that leads into 11 and 12. And I, I pray and I, and I carry this message as often as I can. And, and in that way, I can stay on this beam of recovery with confidence, the confidence that comes from my higher power. It doesn't come from me. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. And thank you, Larry. Thanks so much for speaking about the 10th step this morning, reviewing the big book's instructions, and sharing your experience, strength, and hope with this vital action step that we know as Step 10. Thank you very, very much. Larry's contact information will be given at the conclusion of this recording. Please stay tuned for that. We will now transition to question and answers. Great opportunity to ask a question. All you need to do is press star 1 to unmute and identify yourself, please. Good morning, Leah. I have a question. Charles H. California. I hear Charles H. And is that Mary Lee that I heard from California? Who's California? Yeah, Mary Lee. Okay, I heard Charles H. Who else did I hear? Carol G. Carol G. Maura Z. There we go. Okay, thanks, Maura. All right. (laughs) Mary Lee, why don't we start with you, please? Oh, God morning. Um, Larry, could you give me an example of what your prayer to God sounds like, What what, what you say? Absolutely, sure. You know, and it, and it it depends on you know what I'm doing. But I I've got to tell you, I've gotten um, more comfortable. You know, the more we do it and we go to God, the more I lose my sense of awkwardness and perhaps a little bit of I don't know shame or you know. It's just the more I do something, the more comfortable it becomes. You know, so when I uh, you know when I'm feeling. Uh, selfish, um, resentful, dishonest, fearful, any of those things crop up in any form, you know, I, I go to God immediately in prayer. And I might say something like this, God, I'm, you know, I'm mean, using an example. Um, I don't know about you, but, you know, my, my boss um, can step on my toes sometimes and I can feel uh, resentful, you know, and, and um, I, because my boss is asking me to do something that uh, she's not following my plan. You know, um, I don't know what's the matter with her, but she just consistently doesn't follow my script. So uh, anyway, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll go to God and I'll, you know, I may be in the car. I may, wherever I am, you know, I might be walking somewhere in the office there. And I'll, I'll just say, God, you know, I'm, I'm feeling resentful, you know, and I'm, I'm feeling resentful towards my boss right now. And I would ask, I, I want to be of maximum service to you and to others. And I can't be of maximum service to you and to others as long as I'm carrying this resentment. You know, and I might, I, I might get into a little bit about identifying, you know, my selfishness in it and so forth. It just is like that groove, that neural pathway, right, that just kind of comes and it just, it just becomes kind of second nature. And so I, I really um, have a free form with my higher power, free form prayer. You know, so that I, you know, sometimes people will call me and I'm so comfortable in prayer. And by the way, I'm not a religious person, really, spiritual, become spiritual through this, the gift of this program. So I'll just go into prayer with them with their permission, you know, because people do need to hear it because we feel awkward, especially if it's not something we've done, you know. So I, it just tells me, it tells me very specifically, right? And it, it just says, 
you know, uh, right here in the big book, it, it says to, you know, that we, when these crop up, because they're going to, we ask God at once. So that means, means to me right away to remove them. So I ask for God to remove them. I don't, I don't try to sell God anything, you know. God, in other words, what I mean is sometimes we can get into this like, God, I, I, you know, I, need, I, I need for this to be removed. Uh, and, and, and you need to do it because, and, you know, and so forth. I may just, you know, about the only thing I might say is because I want to be of, of maximum service to you and to others. Thy will, not mine, be done. You know, I say that throughout the day. Thy will, not mine, be done. Because my will screwed up, man, I'll tell you. So that's kind of, you know, some of the things that I say, you know, just very free form. I hope that helps. Thank you, Mary Lee. Charles H. Thank you, Leah, for your service. Thank you, Larry, for your service. Charles H. Uh, in Yonkers, New York. Larry, um, I like what you said about, you know, if you go a couple of days without doing a 10-step, you you know, you, you said something along the lines that you're probably not human. Um, I believe in 10, 11, and 12, um, and, and, you know, on I, I'm going to keep it real with you. On most days, I have a 10-step because, um, uh, you, you know, I just love it. I love being how free do I want to be. I love being free. So my question to you is I have sponsees um, that, you know, they they you know send me their food and send me their their ten and eleven log that you know they're never resentful never selfish never afraid. So my question to you is, after getting a ten step from a sponsee for let's say two months straight, oh, I've never been resentful. What what's your suggestion? What what would you do at that point? I mean, after a while, it's like because I remember getting I tripped up by saying, oh no, I'm not resentful. I just have a little problem, and and I rested on my laurels because I didn't want to. I didn't want to go through the work of putting it through the columns. I didn't want to seem like I wasn't powerful. And what, what's what's your suggestion? What would you do if you have a sponsee that consistently say, um, you know, I'm not resentful, I'm not this and that, and, and what, what's your suggestion? What would you do? Thank you. Uh, Charles, that's a great question because yeah, we run into that a lot. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what's worked for me, and um, and I learned it um, uh, mostly because, like most of the things I learn from just failing every day. That's where that's where I learn stuff. Because man, I can really screw this thing up pretty good. Um, so um, I learned pretty much what didn't work, and um, and and you know, like for me. Um, you know, so people don't want to be lectured. They don't want to be told what to do and so forth. And I, I'm not here to, 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 you know, to change anyone because um, if they, you know, if they begin to, to look at me, you know, as their higher power and, and you know, so forth, then, then we got a mess on our hands there. So with that, what I do, here's what I do now. <laughs> it takes a little bit of humility, which I know you have. I know you have it in you. And it, 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 didn't, it felt a little weird at first, but this is what I do. See, what I do with responses like I'll, or sponsees is I will model that behavior for them, you know, because I know where they are. I know they, it, it hasn't become a habit. They may not, uh, they're still building their own sense of humility because, remember, this is an ego deflation process. So I think the best suggestion I could give is start calling them with your own, with your own 10 step. Now, it takes a bit of humility because, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm the sponsor here. I'm calling them and telling them my problems, my resent, you know, resentments, my dishonesty, my fear. 
But see, now um, I, I do that because as you, as you can well imagine, Charles, when you start calling them, they're like, whoa, Charles, man, they, you know, they see that you're doing it. You're calling them. Hey, you got a minute? I got, man, I got a level of selfishness you wouldn't believe. I want to, you got a minute? I want to tell you about it. You know, after, that, after they begin to hear you going through that process, you're not, at, you're not saying, hey, I want to I uh, go through this process with you so that you can see how to do it properly because I need for you to do it properly because, frankly, I need to feel better about myself because I, I got a pretty bad track record. You know what I mean? It's more like I'm just, I'm just modeling good behavior there, you know? And, uh, and then whether or not, like with most things here, Charles, you know, willingness for lots of different things is a one-person job. That's an inside-out type of deal. So I hope that helps. Just uh, call them up and start doing your 10 steps, your personal 10 steps with them. Thanks. Thank you, Charles, for your question. Carol G., your turn. Hello. There she is. Hi, Carol. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry about that. Thank you. It's Carol. Carol G. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Carol. How are you? Hello. I'm fine. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning, everybody in Vision for you. Um, I do have a question. Um, so selfish, dishonest, resentment and fear. Uh, this one's about self-honesty, actually. Um, so how do you, how would you work this through? Newly recovered sponsees, um, they start to turn to their higher power and they're not sending in or not calling anyone about their step 10s. Okay, now I'm just going to merge step 5 in here where it says be aware of taking solitary self-appraisals because I've noticed, I've witnessed this in myself and others, justifiable resentments can stay hidden and some people actually pick up on these things. So how would you ensure a newly recovered person doesn't go to God and cut out the middle person, if you like. Larry, we don't hear you. Oh, I'm so sorry, Leah. Yeah, I, I might be the, Carol, so sorry, I might be the only person that didn't quite make the connection with the step five. Um, I'm not sure. Could you could you try to maybe rephrase it? Because I, I just didn't understand the question entirely. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it's around that term solitary self-appraisal. Um, I've watched some people making solitary self-appraisal because they've stopped um, phoning people with their step 10s uh, when they've recovered and gone back to the food and found that it was something that they felt they were hanging on to and weren't really ready to share with another person or with God. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get it, Carol. That thanks for thanks for clarifying that for me. Um, you know, again, uh, what I what I have found in my own experience is that um, you know we you hear different terms and they you know that we're as sick as our secret. And you know, the more that I can unmask, you know, the the more that I I find that if I could model that good behavior for them, that maybe they will become willing over time. But you know what? Um, what I need to remind myself with all this is, you know, that God job, you know, they, they, they've taken all the applications. That, that, that job is taken. <laughs> you know what I mean, Carol? That, that, I, that job is not, uh, you know, I, 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 I need not apply for that job. 
So it's not to slough off that question. It's just that, um, again, you know, what I might tell someone is, you know, when we go through that process of them holding on to something, you know, whether it's uh, justified, because, you know, all my resentments are justified in my mind, you know, and some of them may very well be perceived that way by others, but, but all my resentments are justified. Um, so maybe I have a little bit more, um, you know, learning a little bit more. I need to be, uh, unfortunately, the disease needs to kind of, you know, beat me down a little bit more um, until I get uh, the clarity of mind in which to, you know, to cultivate that willingness. Um, I really, really try my best, Carol, to give up trying to, to change anyone. About the best I could do, I heard Leah once say, I just, um, I steal everything from her. Um, and others, is, you know, as a sponsor, you know, my job, it's like, because I like visualizations, Carol, it's like I'm carrying around a lantern, you know, we're walking down a sort of a dark pathway here, perhaps, together, sort of, maybe I'm just a little bit ahead of that person, and I'm lighting that pathway, you know, and um, there's no gurus, there's no, you know, so um, I think, you know, I, it's, there's less, in my program today, there's less of a sense of persuasion, active persuasion, to get people to shift in a certain direction. Um, I do that enough as a therapist, and, you know, frankly, that doesn't work too well either. But <laughs> that's a whole other story. So I, I, I'm sorry if, I, you know, if I'm not uh, you know, answering it with great clarity, but that's, that's, that's about the best I have. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carol G. Mara Z. Good morning, Leah. Can I be heard? Yes, sure can. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Larry. I always get so much out of your shares. Um, I also have to say thank you, Carol, because she answered part of my question. I, too, had forgotten that little phrase of solitary self-appraisal. Um, excuse me, solitary self-appraisal insufficient. Um, my question was and is, I have been going through an ordeal for over a year now and been working with a therapist and working closely with my sponsor, God bless her, and um, find um, um, I've had to be actually medicated for anxiety. And I find myself anxious frequently, not so much now. Um, but those are disturbances. And yet I would do the solitary self-appraisal and, you know, figure it out and go on with my day. And if I'm still having anxious feelings after a year, only lessened by medication, obviously I wasn't doing as good a job as I thought I was doing with my 10 steps. How do you deal with something that's ongoing? Because one of the thoughts I had was, well, this is ridiculous. I did this yesterday. It's the same subject. It's going to be the same answer. Why should I do it again? That's my question, if that makes sense. No, it does. It's, I think it's an excellent question. And you talk about, you know, you talk about anxiety and so forth. You know, I experienced that as well. Um, look, it's, it's, it's very uncomfortable for me, or was, I should say, it was, it's not anymore. It was very uncomfortable for me to um, focus on what I perceived to be the same issues that were 
that were causing me pain. Anxiety is pain. And let's face it, as human beings, we're either moving towards pleasure or away from pain, right? So we don't, you know, when I talk about, not, you know, not wanting to, 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 to sit with that uncomfortability, uh, anxiety is no joke. It wasn't for me. That's not a good feeling. You know, so what you're describing there is you're talking about, you know, some issues as you perceive them that are, you know, cropping up again and again. And let's say, you know, so the question might be, you know, is there, you know, where, where is there some of the core character defects tied back to some of those things? Is there, you know, questions are so powerful. Is there some level of, of selfishness, resentment, dishonesty, and fear? I know for me with my anxiety, oh, there was fear. You betcha. You know, I don't like feeling anxious. I'm scared of the next bout of anxiety, the next wave. There's resentment because I don't like being that way. Why me? You know, there's a level of dishonesty because I think my, my level of self-deception, and, which is a form of dishonesty, is that, you know, I can control this. You know, or I've dealt with this. I just dealt with this uh, yesterday. Why am I dealing with this again? It's a level of self-deception for me that I continue to come up with again and again. So there was a bundle of those core character defects that I had to get honest and explore. And, um, and I found that over time, over time, that through these steps and leaning into these steps, that do you know that my anxiety, I'm not going to tell you my anxiety went away, no more so than resentments and dishonesty, selfishness, and fear. They do come. But my anxiety has been mitigated. It's been lessened over time as a result of these, this program, this practical program of action. And I want to tell you, that, um, look, I believe in therapy, <laughs> you know, um, uh, and I believe in, you know, all these different sort of cognitive and behavioral principles and all these things. But do you know that my, for me, and I'm just speaking for me, I do not speak for OA or anyone other than me, that it was only when it was through these steps and the gift of this personality change and this spiritual awakening that was the only thing that really uh, made a, uh, a substantial difference in the anxiety that I experienced. So I'm just speaking my own experience that you may find that, you know, sticking with this program, continuing to lean in the steps, derive what you can through the instructions, the very specific instructions here, and we're talking 10, 11, and 12, you may find the same thing. I, I know I'm not the only one. So I hope that helps. Thanks for the question. Yes, thank you, Maura Z. Who else has a question for Larry this morning? Katie from Boston. Hi, Katie. Who else? Star one to unmute. Barbara from New Hampshire. Thank you, Barbara. Anyone else? Kathy from Boston. Hi, Kathy. If you have a question on your mind, I'm sure it's on the mind of others. Great opportunity to ask questions right now. Okay, I'll take that as a no. Katie G., let's start with you. Okay, Katie G., can you hear me, Leah? Yes. 
Larry, thanks so much for your service and uh, your clarity and honesty. Love it. Um, definitely doing it with you here in terms of being a human and <laughs> falling short on a on a daily basis. And um, I love this. I love it. Um, because for me, you know, it's like if I don't clean this up, then eating is going to be a step up. And um, I guess I just I know we're not on step 11, but I guess um, so what I was taught is that Step 10 is this, as you so gracefully, you know, put, it's like the walking around step, right? Like it's during the day where my resentful, selfish, dishonest, and afraid. And then at night, there is another aspect that we go back during the day, what I was taught, and I'm very likely um, just following one thing, but um, that we go back, that there is actually a written part of step 11 that we go back and say, okay, what did I miss? Where was I selfish, dishonest, self-centered, and afraid? And um, I have been taught to write that down. You know, if there's something that I haven't cleaned up during the day, I do send that to um, my sponsor and a group of recovered women to just welcome spiritual considerations. And again, I know we're not on step 11, but I think that there can be a lot of confusion and there's no wrong way to do it, right? But I just was hoping you could share a little bit about how you might um, distinguish step 10 and 11 and, um, in your in your spiritual practice and um appreciate your service thanks oh thanks katie i appreciate yours as well yeah no that's that's uh i think you make a great point um and it is you know living in steps 10 11 and 12 this is how we how we you know it's the maintenance and growth steps as you know um what you referred to is yeah it does talk about in step 11 you know uh that you know we're not going to be shy in this matter of prayer and it does say that when and i'm just reading it uh, directly, when we retire at night, this is step 11 on page 86, when we retire at night, we constructively review our day. Were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Do we owe an apology? Have we kept something to ourselves which should be discussed with another person at once? Were we kind and loving toward all? What could we have done better? Were we thinking of ourselves most of the time, or were we thinking of what we could do for others, of what we could pack into the stream of life? Um, so yeah, it does give us that other opportunity in, in step, uh, step 11. Now I'll tell you for me, here's how I work it. And, um, and, and there's some logistics involved with this. So, and then I'll give you a contrast. Okay. So I'm a insufferable morning person. Uh, I don't know if there's, am I the only one on the line? I doubt it. Uh, but, uh, so, you know, oh, about eight o'clock at night, um, most people that know me realize that, um, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not much worth much <laughs> in terms of interaction, much past the eight, nine o'clock at night, right? So um, just the way my body clock is, my circadian rhythm, I guess, you know, is such, Katie, that um, I'm not very productive at night and it's hard for me. Sometimes I end up falling asleep, you know, it could be in front of the, you know, on the couch, you know, so I have found for me that it's, it's really difficult um, to do that, that constructive review at night. Now, I, I will tell you that step 10 for me, I don't wait till the end of the day as these, I just follow those instructions very specifically, and that works well for me. So as they crop up, when they crop up, and they do, they did this morning. You know, this morning um, I was feeling, and it didn't rise to the level of occasion where I needed to call someone, but I felt a little bit of trepidation, a little bit of fear. I mean, I speak in front of other people and all that, and you know, and, and, and so I, I, you know, I feel reasonably comfortable, but there's always that fear, you know, that, 
you guys are going to reject me and you're just going to think I'm, you know, who knows, whatever. So it's irrational, whatever it is, but I felt that fear. So I did go to God. You know, I asked God to remove that. I, I said, hey, God, yo, God, uh, it's just me here, Larry Kay from Chicago. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I'm feeling a little bit of fear. I know that you'll speak through me. Um, I pray that you will, you, you know, that you will speak, speak through me in a way so that I can be a conduit for your way. Thy will, not mine, be done. Um, and it was just kind of that. And I, and I probably said that a few other times. Um, I didn't need, uh, it didn't rise to the occasion of, of, of um, you know, letting someone else know about it uh, or making amends and so forth. But resolutely turning towards someone else I can help, that was, that was quite easy. I already spoke to some people this morning, and they just kind of pop up. But, yeah, but now in contrast, Katie, in contrast, I know of someone, I'm thinking of this person right now, that has um, like a, has th- those very instructions that I just read in step 11 uh, on a sheet of paper, and she has it. Um, I think like in a nice covered sheet, it might even be laminated, I don't recall. And this person um, beautifully goes through every night and following those instructions. And that's what works for her. And I would not in any way suggest that that is not, you know, the way to do it, nor would I suggest to someone who's like me, um, who's, who's not really good at night, um, y- you know, to, to not do that. But I do find that I will review in the morning, in my meditation, before I jump on the vision call, I'll review that day before. So I do essentially follow that. It's just a more of a body clock thing for me. So excellent point, Katie, and uh, I hope that helps. Thank you, Katie G. Barbara, your turn. Thank you. Thank you, Larry, for your um, really clear presentation. I appreciate it so much. I knew in this program, I, I there were a couple of things that got in my way about doing a step 10. One is that shame of, okay, I've been through a fourth step. I know my character defects, and I know even in this situation, if I look at it, um, where where those defects are evident. And my feeling was I'm being bad, the old feelings of I'm being bad, and now I'm going to call someone and she's going to um, tell me, point out exactly where I'm being bad. And and in, in those feelings, just to um, be reluctant to to reach out. That was, was one thing, and I think it's, um, you know, one of the traps of our disease to to get stuck there. And the second thing is in situations where I felt um, that the person, the other person was wrong, one of those actual situations where the behavior of the other person was um, was problematic, and yet it was my reaction that had me upset. And I felt like, you know, doing a tense step was was the equivalent of saying I'm wrong rather than um, saying this is my part in this, what can I do to get unhooked? And then what can I do to, you know, maybe move away from uh, the source of this or um, that there are actions I can take when someone else's is behavior is bothering me. So can you address those kinds of things in your um, 
in my in your answer. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, you know, you make some really good points there. One is, uh, you know, first to address that issue of shame. You know, for many of us, um, you know, we come into program with some baggage. Um, I don't think I'm the only one that came with some baggage. Um, maybe, uh, you know, for some of us, we, you know, uh, we, you know, we've, we've been beaten down, uh, you know, and, and we don't feel very good about ourselves. And so, you know, we've, we've been told, let's just say we've been told by, you know, as a child, by parents, we, you know, we couldn't do anything right or we were, you know, uh, we were bad in some way. We grew up in, in that, you know, with that uh, sort of experience. And so as a result of that, we've been, uh, you know, uh, in, in some ways, um, you know, we've developed a, a poor view of ourselves. So to give voice to that and then, and then to, to allow someone else you know, to let them know about it, we're opening ourselves up. Aren't we making ourselves a bit too vulnerable there, you know, so that someone else can harm us? Well, for me, what I realize is that this program is not about that. If I, I, I will say that if I do have someone, if I'm talking to someone, be it a sponsor or someone else, and uh, they are, um, uh, you know, also approaching me that way and being highly judgmental and so forth and, you know, um, maybe I'm not with the right person, you know, I don't know, you know, um, uh, because, you know, when I talk to people, you know, I share my experience, strength and hope, but I am not the arbiter of this thing. I don't, I'm not here to point out your flaws uh, while mine are so glaring, you know, and sometimes we do that. But, but beyond the shame, let me address the second piece of it too, because I think over time that shame began to fall away from me. Okay, that was the one thing. But there's a, a fourth subplot of, uh, or a subplot of this, this notion of resentment, even justified resentment. See, it can, it can be displaced onto others. I need to get rid of it because it, it can be displaced onto others, not even necessarily involved in the original offense. So, you know, for example, you know, uh, you know your, your mother, you know, withdraws love from you, as, you know, as a child. And, uh, and then in turn, you know, you might take out your resentment on, on, uh, on, on other people, you know, and when these other people grow up, they might pass the resentment, resentment on to their partners and, and their children who, who then pass it along to their children. Do you see the, the, the potential for that, that domino effect of disconnection? I didn't see it for a while. I didn't want to give voice to it. And, and, you know, and this, th this was the point, you know, when, when, when you know, you've heard it said about, you know, you know, taking an eye for an eye, eventually the whole world will be, will be without sight. Someone said that, right? And, and so um, I needed to get rid of my resentments. And I needed step 10 is a daily way. First, we do it in four. And step 10, once that's removed, we, when, when these crop up, we, uh, we do those things. I had to get rid of those. I could not live with resentments. I would need heroin to get through the day, or you may call it Oreo cookies and pizza. Hope that helps. Thanks. Thank you, Barbara. And Kathy Kay, it's your turn. Thank you, Leah, and uh, thank you, um, Larry. It was wonderful to hear your review of Step 10 today, and um, it gave me an opportunity to think of how I've evolved with that step, and I wanted to ask you, um, 
I found when I first started doing step tens that the resentment or the fear was so uh, strong that it was very hard for me to do the work of the turnaround, um, which I would then call someone and talk it through with, as you suggested. So I actually resorted to putting all those questions in the paragraph on page 85 in, on one sheet of paper, and I just carried that around with me. I found that um, if I didn't have them in front of me, I could get so overwhelmed by the negative feelings, whatever they were, that just praying to God and um, perhaps t sharing it with another person and then doing some service, that was all good, but it wasn't quite enough in terms of doing, working in partnership with God to alleviate whatever the negativity is. So I was just wondering if that's something um, you suggest to people who have trouble with the 10th step. The other thing is, uh, I think sharing the work with another person is so important because sometimes when I do these turnarounds, I'm not getting the whole picture. And, uh, a fellow traveler listening to my turnaround can actually <clears throat> point out perhaps some aspects of the dishonesty or the resentment or the fear that I haven't really seen yet. Um, so I, I'm reluctant not to call someone else um, when these crop up, even after several years of practicing. I'm just curious how you would react to that. Thank you. Hi, Kathy. Th oh, thanks so much for your, your comments and your question. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. I, I also um, recommend to people, to sponsees, to, uh, to write down, literally write down the uh, instructions. Uh, I mean, it's so easy to do, to write down the instructions uh, for step 10. Um, because, you know, for me, and I did that, it was, it was mentioned to me to do that as well. When I, you know, forming a habit is, um, it takes some time, you know, and, um, and in order to, you know, it, it talks about our next function is to grow and understand in, in, in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. You know, um, it, it's funny. There's, there's not a magic way to do this, but, you know, scientists who study like habit formation say it's, it's not as easy as we might think. Uh, there isn't a magic number of days or so forth, but I, I carried around uh, the instructions, uh, the four things to do, and, and, and I would just read those, I was told, read those several times throughout the day. And when I did that for about a month, as things cropped up, um, it was already, my mind, it's kind of called, you know, priming, you know, priming the the brain, priming the mind, that we need to, I need it anyway, to prime the brain because I have this forgetter, you know, to do the very instructions that I'm told to do that can really make a difference here in allowing me to stay aligned with the higher power of my own understanding. And so for me, you know, there's different studies, but, you know, it, it means, you know, when I get out of bed, now, as soon as I, this is an example, as soon as I open my eyes, I cannot open my eyes from, a, from sleep, whether it's short sleep, long sleep, a nap, whatever, it's not too many naps, but um, without 
saying the third step prayer and the seventh step prayer. Now, I know to some, they're like, oh, my goodness. I mean, that's, uh, is that obsessive or I, it's really not. I don't feel, you know, the, I don't feel, um, I feel peaceful and serene. You know, whatever I'm feeling, whatever mood I'm in, it, it's just a very natural thing because I've done it so often and it keeps me in that sort of, you know, this whole program has moved us from a self-centered consciousness to a God-centered consciousness. So in line with what you said, I needed to read those things again and again and, and in, in that way remind myself of doing those things. And what you said, Kathy, about calling someone when these crop up, I think it's a good idea. Do I call someone whenever that crops up, only at this point when it, when it rises to the occasion to where, um, you know, it's, uh, and I know, I know intuitively when it's, when it's rising to the occasion where it's, uh, it's, it's beginning to, you know, to, to infiltrate my mind to such an extent. But most things for me nowadays kind of pass off pretty quickly. But that's because I, I remain steadfast in leaning into these steps and following these instructions. I don't do it perfectly. Nobody does. We're human. But um, I can tell you that this is a design for living that works. I mean, it just is. Um, so thanks for the question, Kathy. Thanks, Larry. Thank you, Kathy Kay, and everyone who asked questions this morning. And, of course, thank you, Larry, for your very focused and helpful presentation this morning. You would probably say it's out of self-preservation. I just want to say you are appreciated very much on the line. Thank you. And we'll close this morning with the reading from page 164 in our chapter, A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.